0: With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom, reach new audiences, and bring important information to the public free of charge. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to TNTradio.live. The voice of a changing world, Chris Smith.
1: On today's News Talk Radio, TNT. G'day, g'day. Welcome to the program. Great to have your company. It is the 18th day of January from where I am broadcasting from, which is Sydney, Australia, and it's just gone 3pm on the 18th. It is Thesaurus Day, actually. I like this uh, piece of trivia because uh, as a writer, as a commentator, and someone who does write a lot of opinion pieces, it is very important to have a trusty thesaurus. And I think I've still got the Rogo's Thesaurus that I used when I was at school many decades ago. It is trusty and it is uh, something that you learn from each and every day. So let's uh, celebrate Thesaurus Day and a chance to use the words that describe the sentiment. Uh, it's also Winnie the Pooh Day, but I cannot think of any link between Winnie the Pooh and T, so I won't bother. Although I noticed today when I did do some research on Winnie the Pooh uh, that he, Winnie, makes around about $6 billion in merchandise each and every year. Still, still. Now, he became a Disney favourite back in 1971, so he's an older kind of bear. He's not a modern-day puppet, um, but he makes $6 billion. So maybe there's some synchronicity with some of us who like to make a buck. There you go. Winnie the Pooh day. Um, On the show today, I think I'm getting very close to Friday. um, I'll have something to say about the choices and plans facing the Democrats following Donald Trump's success in Iowa. Is there a plan B? We've been asking this question for about 12 to 18 months. Is there a plan B? Is there a candidate B. Now, if there was, I think we all would hear about it because what tends to happen is that if you're going to unleash a new candidate on the voting public, you run that name by uh, not only the media, but also polls just to test the waters. That has not been done. It has not been done. So I don't know whether there is a plan B. I don't think there is. As a matter of fact, there was an appearance late last year, so a couple of months back, featuring a uh, very quite renowned political strategist who says he has spoken to senior officials in the Democrats and they have simply shaken their head when he has asked the question repeatedly in 2023, is there a plan B? And he is convinced there is not, except he says there is a plan B Even if you keep Joe Biden as the nominee, even if you run a re-election campaign, there is a strategy that he believes can win Joe Biden office once again. I will get to that theory and that strategy very, very shortly on the program. My special guest today is a renowned feisty person, uh, a woman with enormous smarts, but incredible courage especially when it came to COVID-19 vaccines. Dr. Naomi Wolf is on the program today to discuss the latest debate in the United Kingdom on excess deaths, on the latest stats on excess deaths as well in children. This all got an airing this week in the House of Commons. And there aren't too many Houses of Parliament anywhere in the world, including the US Congress, where these topics get any kind of airing. It is a taboo topic. Don't talk about the fact that everyone is dying. Don't talk about the fact that there's an 8% spike in children dying. Oh no, we don't want to get to the bottom of that because all roads might lead to those vaccines we were pushing. Now, the news is awash with stories from the Middle East today, news on heavy fighting in the north of Gaza, humanitarian deliveries for hostages and Palestinians, continued clashes between the US and the Houthis. So I'll do what I normally do on a very busy day for Middle East news, which is get hold of former intelligence officer Shane Healy is receiving some very accurate information from the region, as you probably know. Uh, Quite often, he tells us here on the program, and then two days later, we find it to be fact. Uh, From down under today, the very politically incorrect former nighttime radio star Jim Ball is on the show. He's got plenty to say. He will talk about Trump and uh, uh, Iowa. Also, whether a humanitarian check for the Palestinians is also a military check for Hamas. There are some very senior government officials who think that it is. Why the Chinese are turning on Australia again. If you produce wine in Australia or even lobsters, be very, very careful of where this is heading and why the staff at the ABC in Australia are revolting. And I won't touch that with a 10-foot pole. Plus, we've got our talkback lines dedicated exactly for you to have your say. You wouldn't be listening to this particular network if you didn't have strong opinions about the way the world is being run at the moment. Well, express them. It's an opportunity you can't avoid. Jump on that talkback line and have your say. And you can do that from the United States and Canada at any time. It doesn't matter who I'm talking with. At any time, you can do that on one From the UK, 033-0024-1026. And from Australia or New Zealand, 1-800-670-310. A big program today. And you're with Chris Smith broadcasting live from Sydney for the next two hours on the Global News Talk Network, TNT. Connecting the dots. Painting the bigger picture.
0: They always have great conversation. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
1: Well, you know, after the Iowa result, I get a sense that Donald Trump has just been given massive momentum. And in politics, momentum is everything. Coupled with what will be regular court appearances throughout 2024 with Trump looking like a victim, And reminding Americans of how much the Democrats have weaponized the judiciary to get rid of him, I think that momentum will only grow. And so I noticed that various commentators are asking, so do the Democrats have a plan B? Will they tap Joe Biden on the shoulder and tell him that he can't run? Now, I honestly don't think the party has a plan B, and you usually... Hear suspicions about who that might be. There has been mention of Michelle Obama, Gavin Newsom, etc., but nothing really solid and certainly nothing that you could say was concrete evidence that someone is the standby candidate. Now, The Economist in the UK had an intriguing article this week echoing that theory. They wrote, Joe Biden is so unpopular he may well lose to Mr Trump. There have been occasional calls for Mr Biden to step aside, but there is no sign that he is willing to do so and no guarantee that the Democrats would end up with a stronger candidate if he did. For that reason, although many Democratic operatives have grave misgivings about his candidacy, most are keeping quiet. As one puts it, if you're all stuck on a boat of questionable seaworthiness, it is natural to wish for a finer vessel but unproductive to poke holes in the hull or stoke a mutiny. Very well said. That's from The Economist. Now, in recent months, the polls have shown a clear trend with Trump's figures rising and Biden's numbers falling faster. Trump is ahead by a margin of 2.3 percentage points. He is better placed now than what he was at the same period over the last two election campaigns. And all qualitative reports tell us that voters are not confident in Biden's mental capacity to run the country in a next term. But there is no plan B. There is no reserve nominee. In fact, even if a better candidate wants to put their hand up at this stage, it's almost too late. The deadlines to file a candidate in the primary have already passed in more than 30 states. Most of the almost 4,000 ordinary delegates will be allocated by the end of March, which allows a late-surging candidate next to no time to gain traction. And this was highlighted late last year by American political advisor and media producer Mark McKinnon. Now, McKinnon wrote in Vanity Fair that every time he questioned senior party officials about a Plan B, he got crickets. He repeated that on MSNBC late last year. But I've said to Democrats all along, if we get to next May and Donald Trump is ahead by anything, much less double digits, what's the plan B? And right now, in the last month, Donald Trump has lost 11 points of support among Democrats. And this is when he's doing arguably
0: very, I mean, Biden is losing by 11 points among his own party at a time when he's
1: provided international leadership in Israel. You can say the economy is doing pretty good, done lots of great things. So you think it's going to get better by next year when he's older? But here's the point. If we get there and Donald Trump's ahead, what is the plan B? And he keeps receiving crickets. So this week, The Economist came to the same conclusion. It reported that Dem officials argue that polls conducted 10 months from an election are a poor guide to the outcome. Now, they're saying that every time Trump turns up at a court hearing in 2024 and shuttling between rally and court, it will remind Americans of the chaos during his time in office. Now, that's not my interpretation, nor the interpretation of many other independent commentators. Shuttling between rallies in court will more likely remind voters of how Biden's party friendly DAs were weaponized to destroy Trump. It'll be pro Trump, not pro Biden, when he turns up into court regularly. But back to Mark McMillan, Mark McKinnon, he's pushing for a plan B, but he wants Joe Biden to stay as the candidate. He says a no labels intervention may save the nation from a reckless Trump. And that's where the political political organization, No Labels, comes in, which happened to be a group McKinnon himself co-founded in 2010, which puts a strong, locally popular, independent candidate in key states and they disrupt the vote. The Democrats would actually spend money on these no-labels candidates, as well as their own candidate, to steal the balance of votes in that state. If you're a Republican, a longtime Republican voter, you don't want to vote for Joe Biden, but you don't want to vote for Donald Trump. That's the voter. And all you need is one or two percent, as Joe said. Now, it would need to be a very precise operation, but will a centralised more moderate, no labels candidate turn voters away from Trump, as McKinnon says, it could do exactly the opposite. It could actually take votes away from the Democrat and it could backfire. It could lead to Trump having an even larger victory. If this is the only plan B the Democrats are considering, it doesn't say much for their chances in November. As I say, momentum is everything. And right now, that's all that counts. And Donald Trump has it in spades. This is TNT. TNT's for Voj Morich. He details factually how Russia is rolling out the algorithm ghetto, um, you know, the, the, the multipolar edition of the algorithm ghetto a prototype of a traffic light
0: that records traffic violations by a pedestrian at a crossing was tested in Moscow. So
1: Russians now they'll they'll have a the government will take a snapshot of their face and then run that through the databases to figure out who is who and then find them, uh, I suppose. Uh, and then, you know, he, he points out that there are a lot of developments now. Moscow 2030, it's, it's uh, they want to
0: make uh, Moscow achieve smart city status, uh, and there's just, you know, y- you look at the white papers, Moscow and Russia are all in on Agenda 2030, smart cities, algorithm ghetto, digital IDs." For Voye Morich, on today's News Talk TNT. The Lights is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. <laughs> No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles, and read back issues on our website, thelightpaper.co.uk, and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. They've launched a new service called Wake Up Your Neighbours, where you can get copies delivered to the streets right around you if you don't want to do it yourself. The Light Paper. Not for right, just right so far. Thelightpaper.co.uk Caution, you are about to hear today's news talk and the voice of freedom.
1: That's what this is all about. TNT Radio. Hey, good to have your company. Well, finally, a major chamber of Western government in the world has addressed the medical elephant in the room, excess deaths. This week, the UK House of Commons debated trends in excess deaths, led by a very determined and brave independent MP, Andrew Bridgen. The 90 minutes he was allocated allowed Bridgen to make some very important points. But as he posted online, a longer debate is necessary. And as a result, he's now made an application for a three hour debate in the House of Commons. It is a crisis that governments everywhere can no longer ignore, as my next guest knows only too well. Dr. Naomi Wolf is a best-selling author, columnist and professor. She's a graduate of Yale University and received a doctorate from Oxford. Naomi is co-founder and CEO of DailyClout.io, a successful civic tech company. In her speeches and seminars, she exposes the threats to liberty and democracy and encourages her audiences to fight back. Which is exactly what we do right here at TNT. Dr. Naomi Wolf, welcome to TNT.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you very much for being available. Well, full marks to Andrew Bridgen. Uh, governments across the globe have been refusing to even allow debate on this issue. Why are they so determined to turn their back on this?
2: Well, it's pretty simple. You know, they're all complicit uh, in what's turning out to be the most, a more serious mass murder than the worst atrocities of the 20th century. And I'm the granddaughter of a woman who lost nine brothers and sisters in the Holocaust. So I don't say that lightly. Um, with the rollout in, at the end of 2020 into 2021 of these mRNA injections, which people across Western Europe and North America were compelled to receive often against their will. We had mandates in the United States the armed forces were mandated, school children in California were mandated, first responders were mandated in the healthcare sector, um, college students were mandated. uh, And and that's not even a word that existed in a free society before 2020, it's kind of a word that was invented to go along with the emergency law and the tyranny that rolled out in 2020 with lockdowns. Um, As a result of those injections, uh, hundreds of thousands of people are dead across the world um, actually, Brett Weinstein estimated that it's seventeen million. and uh, and millions are disabled or injured. I checked Steve Kirsch's math. He said millions in the United States were disabled, and that is correct. Millions are disabled as a result of these injections um, in my country alone. And what my team of thirty two hundred and fifty doctors and scientists who volunteered, to uh, read through the 450,000 Pfizer documents released under court order um, found in their 94 reports is that uh, Pfizer knew and the FDA knew and the CDC knew and the White House knew um, and they colluded in rolling out what's essentially a bioweapon. And I say it's a bioweapon because of my um, independent reporting showing that China has an MOU with Pfizer to manufacture these injections, and 14 manufacturing plants in Western Europe, 11 in the United States now, and uh, the IP transferred to China in 2021. So, you know, the virus leaked from China. The vaccine was manufactured in concert with China. China wants us gone. The World Economic Forum wants us gone. The Bill and Melinda Gates, or you know, Foundation wants us gone. All of these. People, the Davos crew colluded um, in this massive assault on humanity, and and again, Pfizer and these governments knew. So, if they were to have real hearings and real investigations, what would be clear? And, and your country is one of the worst. It was like a you know like a a lab for tyranny and for um, forced experimentation on a population. Um, what they'll find is that. Uh, all these people knew at the highest levels how devastating and sterilising and disabling this injection would be, the damage to minors from myocarditis, you know, 80% rates of miscarriage in the, in the Pfizer documents in certain sections. And they they did it anyway. So they're all mass murderers and they'll all have to go to jail if there's ever, you know, real justice in and investigation.
1: And that's the last thing they want. Now, in this debate on Tuesday, Naomi, British Conservative MP Carolyn Johnson also raised concerns about excess deaths, but in children. Now, Caroline's a paediatrician. She said the National Child Mortality Database from March 2023 shows that there were sadly 3,743 deaths to the end of that month, which is an increase of 8% on the previous year. If they won't face the reality with adults, surely excess child deaths will force them to act, or am I being too optimistic?
2: I mean, at each stage of opening the chamber of horrors that is this injection rollout, I think surely this will stop them. Surely this will be too much. But these people are perfectly capable of murdering children. Um, What we know from the Pfizer documents is that in April of 2021, uh, an American pediatrics group and the state of Israel, the Ministry of Health in Israel alerted our White House and Rochelle Walensky of RCDC, that minors were sustaining heart damage from the injection, myocarditis that was serious, and I think had a 50% fatality rate, lasted, you know, last oh, a person's entire life, debilitating. And if they don't die from it. And instead of coming clean with the American people and pulling these injections off the market, our lawyer, Ed Berkovich Foyed, meaning a Freedom of Inf- Information Act request, um, the internal emails between the White House and the CDC and Dr. Fauci and the FDA. And we got a tranche of emails. And the emails show that 15 staffers in the White House, which included a template to raise the key points of the discussion up to the president, um, along with Dr. Walensky, cc'd by name, Dr. Fauci, cc'd by name, Dr. Collins, cc by name, the FDA cc by name, were all scrambling to cover up The fact that these injections were causing myocarditis in minors and the next six months were spent and they created a script which is completely redacted to cover this up Mm. next six months were spent lying to the american people in a campaign to get teenagers and minors injected and to lower and lower the ages of children who would be injected the most horrific part of this of all is that in september pfizer knew that the injection caused heart damage in minors. They took two groups of kids. The, the groups were five years old to 11 years old, and 12 to 15. Half of them they injected with saline, half of them they injected with the mRNA injection that they knew caused myocarditis. And then what they did was they tested these kids for troponin one levels, which is a marker of heart damage. And the way they got the in, informed consent from the children was through comic books comic books getting consent from the children so i mean i could go on and on you know with the atrocities in these documents but they're perfectly willing to sacrifice kids
1: yeah they sure are and it's noteworthy that carolyn johnson has held senior positions within the tory government so she's effectively criticizing her own party her own government which is brave and selfless and we need more brave and selfless politicians to come forward don't we
2: I mean yes but that's sure. I mean it, it, too little too late, right? I mean they stood by. They, there's no like if you read the Pfizer documents there's no way everyone at the most senior levels did not know. These documents were you know in the custody of the FDA and the CDC and the White House and I mean I mean the atrocities are endless like in also in April of 2021, there was an eight-page report showing babies dying in utero, and Pfizer concluded that it's due to maternal exposure vaccine, Pfizer's words. And also there's a table of babies getting violently sick from nursing vaccinated moms because the toxins go into the breast milk, which they didn't tell anyone. And these babies are going into convulsions, flesh swelling, vomiting, fevers. Uh, one baby died. And with, with this document of horrors in her hand, Dr. Walensky three days later gave a White House press conference telling the pregnant women of America that it was safe to, that she recommended that the mRNA vaccinate themselves. Quote, there's no bad time to get a COVID vaccine before you get pregnant during your pregnancy or after your pregnancy. And and, uh, I mean, lastly, I'm really proud to say that one of our volunteers, Dr. Chris Flowers, who's British, uh, is advising um, MP Bridgen uh, based on our findings um, uh-huh. in the War Room Daily Cloud Pfizer Documents team. So this information is going right to uh, MP Bridgen.
1: So you are playing a role in that. That's interesting to know. Are we seeing similar acknowledgements of excess deaths and debate required in the US Congress?
2: No, no, for sure not. I mean, there was an important hearing that... Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene convened and Senator Johnson was there and um, Dr. McCullough testified, Dr. Ryan Cole testified, important testimony was brought forward, but it was in a a kind of side hearing room. It wasn't in the main chamber. And so no, I mean, I guess the reason I feel exasperated is, is that yes, it's good that bit by bit, you know, the truth is kind of cracking into daylight, and into these parliamentary chambers, but I'm very cynical. I don't feel at this point that bringing the evidence forward is gonna result in what normal society used to do, which is, oh my God, children are being killed, babies are being miscarried, people are getting strokes and heart attacks, and this this has to be pulled off the market right away, people have to go to jail. I don't think any of that will happen because this crime was hidden in plain sight among so many people for three years and that didn't happen.
1: Yep, there are too many backsides to be covered. I need to take a quick break for news, Naomi. I'll do that right now and come back with you. Dr Naomi Wolf is my special guest today. Let's get to the newsroom on TNT. Here's what's making news. TNT Radio News. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. The U.S. has carried out a fresh wave of airstrikes against Houthi sites in Yemen, just hours after designating the Iranian-backed group a terrorist organization. The CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase has slammed Democrats for demonizing Trump supporters, saying it's time they grew up and actually listened to their concerns. And it's been revealed the U.S. Centers for Disease Control pushed experimental COVID jabs onto the public, despite knowing the shots were damaging the heart globalist agendas, democratic rights at risk, corruption,
0: propaganda. It never stops. For the news and views silenced by the mainstream media, by government and corporations, vote one. TNT TNT Radio. Radio. Free speech always has a home here. Stay up to date with the latest live news and current affairs delivered by our lineup of expert commentators and hosts. Listen to TNT Radio anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free
1: from the App Store or Google Play. Today's News Talk, this is TNT Radio. I'm with Dr. Naomi Wolf. Naomi, American pathologist Dr. Ryan Cole has long warned about increasing cancers, which he says have links to these experimental genetic COVID jabs. Um, I want to play a short excerpt of him discussing the issue in the European Parliament going back to May last year. Have a listen
3: the body hangs on to the synthetic mRNA for at least 60 days and makes spike during that whole period of time. Not in everybody, but in this study for at least 60 days, the body still had mRNA and was still making spike protein that does all those mechanisms that I just showed you. Does the spike protein bind to the P53 family of genes? Yes, it does. The P53 is the guardian of your genome. And if that becomes dysregulated, guess what can happen? Cancer pathways ensue. It also binds to the BRCA gene, which is responsible for breast and ovarian cancer. And that's the guardian of your genome. And if that goes awry, all cancer pathways can open up.
1: I'm sure, Naomi, you have similar concerns about the jabs being linked to a rise in cancer.
2: Well, I do, and that's because the two reasons, the injections contain SV40, which is a cancer accelerant. And also um, Kevin McKernan, who's a CEO of a lab called Medicinal Genomics, took a look under a PCR uh, device at both the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccine and found fragments of DNA contamination in both brands. And this is consistent with what other people have found in looking at these injections, there's, they're contaminated. Um, and Dr. Cole has made the case that uh, injecting your body with fragments of, of DNA um, can uh, destroy your immune system and, and allow cancers to, to flourish. But also like in the Pfizer documents, they explain the mechanism for this because these injections destroy your immune system. To start out with so all kinds of things that your immune system used to deal with um are are damaged I mean it's it's a similar mechanism I don't want to say it's a similar mechanism to AIDS but it's you know AIDS also destroys people's immunities I mean this is why like I'm sorry to keep going on about this it's just so upsetting this is why unvaccinated people just aren't getting COVID at this point Mm. And vaccinated people get COVID over and over and over and over Yes, because because of the damage to the immune system.
1: When we were told, of course, by politicians and senior state health officials that that would not be the case. I want to refer your attention, if I may, to the World Economic Forum, the annual meeting which is on in Davos. World leaders there say they plan to protect us against disease X, nothing to do with Elon Musk a hypothetical pandemic that could kill 20 times more people than covid this is just fear porn isn't
2: it it really is i mean god knows what they have planned these people are sociopaths you know as i said yesterday on on war room they tried to kill (laughs) millions of us and sterilize us and disable us and now we kind of know it and they're trying to you know put us on Digital IDs and central bank digital currency to track us, kill us, and we all—you know, we most of us know it by now. And in the wake of that, only sociopaths hold a conference whose theme is restoring trust. You know, that's <laughs> the theme. Um, yeah, they like—they may have a new pathogen, right? That they're going to roll out, just like they rolled out this pathogen as as it now appears from our ever. And. We won't know from the headlines, just like we didn't know with COVID for a long time if the lethality that they claim is real or not, but I think it's a good idea to do the opposite of what the news media will tell us to do. And the main thing I would say is, um, you know, the disease is the fear, right? Fear is what they're rolling out because Dr. Michael Nels german um, neuroscientist has a book called the indoctrinated brain and he points out that this repetition of fear messages with isolation like during lockdowns and you know repetition and trauma the trauma of something like you know the pandemic uh, actually causes brain damage and makes it harder for people to think critically it makes them eventually interject the Propaganda as their personalities, as their identity—it's very scary—and um, so I think that's that's partly what Davos is doing: is just um, doing do more psychological warfare.
1: I am encouraged, though, to see the Rasmussen survey from Friday, and I've made mention of this on my program this week, which shows that for the very first time, the majority of Americans suspect the genetic COVID vaccines are dangerous which is awfully encouraging. It's no longer some kind of minority conspiracy theory.
2: That's right. That's a very important study. And I believe the wording is even um, stronger uh, than, than people thinking they're dangerous. I believe the wording was that 52% of people think they contributed to excess deaths. Um, but either way, it's a big shift in public awareness. And it's going to have an impact. I mean, the up to, and I have to say, you're welcome. You know, I was personally vilified and fired from all my news media, you know, outlets where I used to be published and fired by my publishers and fired by elite society in trying to warn people about exactly this. And I'm glad that you know, and the dissident doctors have too, like two dozen people wouldn't shut up, you know, and then more and more and more people joined us. But yeah. we really owe a great debt to those dissident doctors who lost everything and wouldn't be quiet. Yeah. Um, they, they are not taking the booster and Pfizer's uh, revenues are down to pre-pandemic levels, 2016. Levels. Let's just
1: tell our so, listeners the numbers now. They've just um, exceeded 10%, but not far beyond 10%. That's a long way from 95, isn't it?
2: I mean, the data I heard was 4% in the United right. States yep. took the latest. And people are not um, going along with the vaccination schedule for their children. And I'm not an anti-vaxxer, although I have to qualify that because now that I know how the FDA works, I don't—I literally don't trust any pharmaceutical product. But um, people are asking questions as they should about what they're putting in their own and their children's bodies.
1: Yep. Here's a speculator for you: a question. What would have happened, Naomi, if we had not had these vaccines at our disposal, and the politicians hadn't have gone off the Richter scale, imploring the world to take them? What if we hadn't have been affected by them?
2: Well, an important thing for your audience to know is that in the Pfizer documents, Pfizer concludes a month after rollout that the vaccines don't work to stop COVID. So in fact, the language Pfizer uses is failure of efficacy and vaccine failure. That's their words. So we literally would have been no worse off in terms of COVID, you know, the third most common side effect in the Pfizer documents is COVID, right? and in fact, if you look at the trials, Pfizer had to remove um, like 200 infected vaccinated people from their math in order to get a positive result. And if they had done that, people who got vaccinated would have been shown to be worse off than people who had not gotten vaccinated. And that's exactly what we see, right? Yeah. So yeah. it'd be no worse off in terms of COVID, because they didn't stop COVID, but we'd be much better off in terms of heart disease, stroke, turbo cancers, reproductive disorders, um, drops in sperm count, uh, miscarriages, 13 to 20% drop in live births, um, 1225 people in the Pfizer documents dead in three months, God knows how many worldwide, athletes dropping dead um, on the you know, athletic field, you know, on and on and on and and just like bad health. I mean, everybody, this is such a terrible time in history in some ways, because everybody I know, it's so painful, will either tell me their recent medical symptoms or tell me their loved one's recent medical symptoms, healthy people, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, right? And they don't know that they're describing vaccine injuries, but I know they're describing vaccine injuries because they're in the place of documents.
1: I wanted to quickly jump in there, if I may, and talk a bit more politically, Naomi, which is the rise and rise and momentum of Donald Trump. Given the fact that he was behind Operation Warp Speed, are you concerned about his increasing popularity and the the likelihood that he could walk into the White House again?
2: Uh Honestly, I think so. I'm. I have to be nonpartisan, but I will say at this point, I feel like any candidate in my country or anywhere in the world who is not a globalist is is a non-suicidal choice.
4: Yes.
2: Um, the globalist candidates are going to kill us all. It's really like people have to wake up and realize that in your country, in New Zealand, in Western Europe, in Canada, um, that's what we're facing. So. I would rather live with a populist than die with a globalist.
1: Yes. That's where i and, and that's and, what we're seeing in Davos, uh, Naomi, this week. Talk about misinformation and disinformation. In other words, information that goes against their narrative will not be allowed and the censorship will continue.
2: Exactly. That's, that's you and me, my friend. Um, yeah, they uh, tried to kill us all off. A handful of people warned everyone. Now people are clued in and the answer from Davos is, censor harder, right? Um, make it more impossible for people to exchange ideas freely. Yep. But who elected them? Nobody elected them. So I'm I'm really hoping and praying for a populist uprising. The other thing I want to say about Operation Warp Speed is that, and you know, I don't personally like Trump, although I, you know, I think America would not be in dire straits right now if he had if he were president, right? Yep. But um, I I used to be an advisor to a presidential campaign for Clinton and to Vice President Gore. And, you know, it's very hard to be president. There's stuff coming at you all day long and nobody's a specialist in everything. And presidents have to listen to and trust their science advisors and their medical advisors. And there's no way President Trump could have known or any president could know if Dr. Fauci says and Dr. Collins say, it has to be this. This is the only way out. How would he know that that's not true? How right. would he know, you know, what it took a court order to release, which is what's in the Pfizer documents, how, how lethally they were developing this thing. He couldn't possibly know. I'm not an apologist for him, but you know, I don't, I, I don't, nothing he's done in the way he handled the pandemic, which was to leave it to the States, says that he chose tyranny over what our founders intended, which is for people to make their own decisions.
1: And to be to be honest, I get the feeling sort of reading between the lines of what he's been saying publicly that he will be anything but a globalist, anything but um, replicating Operation Warp Speed. I think he'll probably go the other way.
2: You know, maybe, probably, but also I always caution people when there's any kind of happy thought of a candidate solving it That's not how politics works. You know, if you don't hold, if all of us don't hold our elected officials feet to the fire, the default is tyranny, whether they choose it or it's chosen for them, right? Like Gore used to say, make me uh, listen to you, you know, make me respond to you because if people don't exert the power they have to oversee legislation, to pass legislation, to meet with their representatives, to lobby parliament in your case, Um, to protest, to demand transparency, to demand the records, you know, to not go gentle, then uh, special interests can railroad a candidate even if he has the best of intentions.
1: Very, very true. It's a a warning we should all heed before we get too excited about individual candidates, especially Mm -hmm. one as uh, unpredictable as one Donald J. Trump. You've been very, very generous with your time. Thank you very much for that and all the very best on your well, it's more than a crusade. It is um, a campaign of truth, which Thank let's you. just hope the majority of the world's population start to take notice of. Thank you very much.
2: Thank you so much. And may I mention my new book, Facing the Beast, which is Please. About, just described and people can order it on Amazon.
1: We're facing the beast, easiest way to get it is through Amazon. And yeah. maybe there's an opportunity there where we've uh should talk down the track a little bit further and dig into what you have published as well. Thank you, Thank Dr. You. Naomi Wolf.
2: Thank you so much. Take care.
1: Bye-bye. Much appreciated. There you go. If you don't have anything to think about or say after that particular interview, you weren't listening. I'm very much interested to hear what you do have to say, what your reaction is to what we've heard from Naomi Wolf. You can phone through from the United States and Canada on one 201 6425 From the UK, 033-0024-1026. And from Australia and New Zealand, 1-800-670-310. This is Chris Smith on TNT.
4: Here's a bushfire fact bushfires can occur without warning. So, if you're travelling during bushfire season, here are three simple steps to remember. 1. Check the fire danger rating before you go. The higher the fire danger rating, the more dangerous the conditions. It may be safer to replan your trip. 2. Think about the area you're going to and what you would do if a fire started. How would you escape the area if you needed to? And where would you go? Check if there's a neighbourhood safer place. 3. It's dangerous to drive through smoke or fire. If you can't find a way to avoid the fire, park in a cleared area, face the car towards the fire and turn the engine off. Then lie on the floor and cover yourself to protect yourself from radiant heat. Live bushfire ready. For more helpful tips, visit myfireplan.com.au today.
0: I'm Naheem Hines, professional football player and proud supporter of the Muscular Dystrophy Association. My mom was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy when I was 14 and I watched her struggle, but MDA helped her get the best treatments and care. And they also help kids like my buddy, Ethan.
4: My name is Ethan, and I'm 12 years old. Thanks to the Muscular Dystrophy Association and people like you, I have more hope than ever before. From day one, they've treated me like family at my local care center. MDA is the only one that funds over 150 care centers across the U.S. to help provide state-of-the-art care for adults and kids like me.
0: For over 70 years, MDA has been transforming the lives of people living with muscular dystrophy, ALS, and other related neuromuscular diseases. They fund the research for breakthrough treatments, care, and cures. And MDA provides support to thousands of families like mine and Ethan's in communities like yours. Thanks to MDA, kids and adults can live life to its fullest. Join us and learn more at mda.org today. Thanks for listening and
1: being a part of The Chris Smith Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Yes, thank you so much for listening, and terrific to have Naomi Wolf on the program. See, quite often, Naomi will appear in independent media newsrooms and talk about single issues related to COVID-19, but we don't get a chance to sort of unpack um, the majority of issues making news in recent times all at the same time. So in that interview, we had about 25, 28 minutes with her. And it's always good to get it in some deal of context and to work out what's happening in reference to COVID-19 vaccines right across the world, which is, what I did, and I hope it was, um, well, helpful to a lot of people who find it difficult to catch up on where we are. Now, a couple of quick comments, just in terms of governments and parliaments debating excess deaths and they refusing to accept guilt for what has developed now. uh, Lozzy sent me this message on the chat box on TNTradio.live. Lozzie says, governments will never admit the harm and genocide going on in the world. They are brain fogged. It was designed for population control. Irving says on the chat box as well, the real influence of the Davos mongering on disease X will firstly be on world governments and their bureaucracies who directly lord it over us. Combine that with WHO regulation changes and we're in a bad place couple of quick comments. let's go to our open line and let's uh, find out what you think about what you've just heard. Siv is calling through. Hi there Siv.
3: Oh yeah Chris how you doing mate?
1: Good thank you. hope you're well.
3: I am. I am indeed keeping cool here in Sydney because we've got we've got global boiling down here. it's thirty <laughs> something degrees feels like thirty five so we've got some yes. global boiling going on at the moment. It's
1: called <laughs> summer. It's called summer
3: <laughs> I know I know. I, was started. Look, I just wanted to um, respond to that previous guest at the end of her, uh, her uh, time with you she talked about it is up to us to lobby our parliaments and to protest and to, and to use whatever mechanisms we, we have. I think there is something in that. You know. Mm. We're, particularly in, in Australia we're, we're, we're sort of given to going oh good yes we've voted, we've gone to the election, we've done our civic duty. Good. Now let's go back to getting the kids' lunches ready. I mean, look, all that's important, but you've got to actually make the time to uh, get in, uh, find a way uh, for yourself to get involved in some level of politics if you get my I meaning.
1: Yeah, you do, and quite often. And I-, I think the greatest example of this was when the carbon tax was mooted in the country, and politicians yes. in Canberra you're talking about Australia now, politicians in Canberra yes. were absolutely swamped by emails, facsimiles, and also letters from people, people right around Australia machines, saying, they? sorry, this was never taken to an election. Did
3: people go back to faxes and letters as well too, did they?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, at that time, it was 2009, and that's when faxes yeah. were still in use. But that changed. that changed the outcome of a carbon tax in this country.
3: It, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. And and that brought in somebody like a Tony Abbott who opposed all that stuff, and then we know yep. what happened after that. But I think I think we do. I think we as a people have to you know, realise that politician, uh, politics involves us as well. And I think in a country like ours where we have a she be right attitude, and you can probably explain that for your international audience, we, we have that sort of attitude. That means we sort of just go off and we, we, we do our own thing. We do our civic duty, and then we go, We're oh, nice. Now we'll go back to doing what
1: we do. Mm, we're too apathetic That's for right. our own good.
3: That's right, we are. We are. We take it easy. Good to talk to you, Chris.
1: Good on you, Siv. Thank you. Andrew's on the other line. Hi there, Andrew. Snivy, how are you going? Very well, thank you. How you been?
5: All the more, all the more in twenty four, Snivy All the more, all the more lawsuits against our stupid government. Hey.
1: Good slogan.
5: I cannot, mate. I cannot believe. I went to uh, Services Australia. The old Centrelink. Mr. Bill Shorten's uh, ministerial portfolio, Mm -hmm. I took my four assistance animals in there, discriminated against. When I asked if they had any training for people with disabilities, they said, no, we're just off the street. They made up laws to suit themselves on the run. I can quote chapter and verse of the 1992 National Disability Discrimination Act, Section 9, Section 52 points, uh, A, Points two, three, four, five, and six. I agree wholeheartedly with your your previous caller. We need to get vocal. We need to get active. Yeah. We need to take our country back. We need to jump on YouTube and look up guys like Accountability for All. These are American activists holding their government to account under the First, Second, and Fourth Amendments. We're we could learn a hell of a lot day.
1: from we could learn a hell of a lot from the kind of freedom rallying, and I mean I don't just mean you know vocal voices. I mean quiet behind-the-scenes uh, lobbying going on to bring freedom back to America. We could copy that easily.
5: Absolutely. Smithy, you know that when a politician receives a phone call, they don't think that's one constituent. They think it's multiples. I think they count it as 20. You write a letter or send an email, and it's 100. So yeah. when you write or you ring, you are not just representing yourself. There's multiples, in, in fact, here. It's true. And we need to make videos We need to film our public officials and their public capacity on public dollar. We need to put that on the internet. You watch my channel, my YouTube channel, Never Walking Alone. Mate, you will see I've got 45 cases of discrimination upon myself last year alone. And this year I've started off with two and three hours in Goulburn this morning. Woolworths, who I was gutted by because they're a good supporter of mine, And also uh, now Services Australia and I tried to hand this lady a letter I rang Bill Shorten's office from her office I tried to hand her a letter that said notice of intent to litigate through the Human Rights Commission for violating my rights under two areas because also as a victim of crime Smithy I've got 18 points of my rights why is it whenever a man says to a woman I know my rights and stands up for himself. He is automatically violent and aggressive and they call the police.
1: Oh, look, I I don't know whether that happens in 100% of the cases, but I know it happens. Well, mate, you know it happens. And we've been in in the middle of it at times.
5: Mate, you and I, I I told you about being thrown out by the AFP in Parliament House. The House that passes legislation to protect people like me and you and every other Australian. It is not. Parliament House, it's the Australian People's House. But yep. I built the air conditioning system for it as, as a, a young man, at tradesman, and that company's no That's longer- It's a good
1: claim to fame, but then you go back decades later and get treated like that.
5: Absolutely, and when, and when Commissioner Pip Connell from the AFP said, oh, I've got something for you, and I said, how big's the cheque? She laughed, yes. and I said, I'm serious. It's $10,000 yeah. per human rights violation, and there's about eight of them over two days. Yeah. She gave me four leads, four collars, a kilo of smackos and 15 pieces between four dogs. That don't work. <laughs> you know what she did? She admitted liability, didn't she? She mm-hmm. admitted liability. We got it wrong, Andrew. She said, we got it wrong. I'm sorry, Smithy, but I'm going to take some of your tax dollars. I'm after hundred grand today.
1: Yeah. I'll I'll let you fight that on your own. I've got to run a couple of pieces of uh, video to play so people can understand where the Trump derangement syndrome is up to at the moment. Thank you very much for calling in. Thanks. Have a great new year. Good on you. Same to you. Have a great year ahead. All right. Rachel Maddow. Now, I, I hate talking about the likes of Rachel Maddow from MSNBC because Maddow has proven herself to be a lunatic lefty. One of these people who, as soon as it was mentioned that Donald Trump and Russia were colluding to meddle with the outcome of the 2016 election, she agreed with it and went with it lock, stock, and barrel because it suited her politics. Well, as you may have picked up already, in the Iowa primary, what did Rachel Maddow do and the MSNBC network when Donald Trump took to the podium after winning? and presenting his victory speech, she decided to say, well, he's up on the podium delivering his victory speech and we will not go there. This is what bad sports media players are when they get so wound up in one side of the argument. She's supposed to be independent, MSNBC, it's a news organisation. It's not an opinion news organisation like this one but she pretends that she stands in the middle. Well, she's not. I want to play you some audio from Rachel Maddow. When Donald Trump got up to accept victory and talk about his triumph in Iowa, this is the way she handled it.
0: At this point in the evening, the projected winner of the Iowa caucuses um, has just started giving his victory speech. Uh, We will keep an eye on that as it happens. Uh, We will let you know if there's any news made in that speech, if there's anything noteworthy, something substantive and important. Um, The reason I'm saying this is, of course, there is a reason that we and other news organizations have generally stopped giving an unfiltered live platform to remarks by former President Trump. It is not out of spite. It is not a decision that we relish. It is a decision that we regularly revisit. Um, And honestly, earnestly, it is not an easy decision.
1: The mere fact that she had to speak for 39 seconds to explain to her audience why they're not going to Donald Trump's victory speech explains it all. Of course, they relish not going to Trump, but I would have thought, no matter who you're actually putting on air live, can't you come back? And if you think that he's told porkies, if you're intelligent enough, don't you just explain exactly what's not true? Don't you do that? Don't you say, well, he just said X, Y, Z, that's not true. That didn't happen or debate the issue. Um, debate the claims he's making in the acceptance speech. It's pretty easy to do. But no, they censor him. You can't listen to what he says. You can't find out what it means for the Trump camp. You can't find out what he'll next do because he's a candidate that is not from the left side of politics. It is gross bias and it's nothing else. And Rachel Maddow should be condemned for it. I've got to get to a news break. Plenty more coming up. Don't go away on TNT.